Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hey, everyone. I am Sarah Powers, and you are listening to The Mom Hour. Welcome. This is the second in our series of special bonus interview episodes. So if you're a regular listener, you know that usually I'm joined by Megan Francis, my good friend, and the two of us chat about all things motherhood. But once a month or so, we are bringing on special guests for an interview, and today is the second in that series, so I'm really excited. Um, Today, I actually interviewed three women, three full-time working moms. Um, We get this topic as a request all the time from listeners, and that is to give you guys some insight into the challenges and the lives of women who work full-time outside the home as moms. Megan and I have both done stints as work-outside-the-home moms, but currently we work from home. She works full-time and I work part-time, so we um, can't really authentically speak about the day-in and day-out working mom life right now. And so I, it's been on my list for a while to do this show. I'm really excited that it came together, and you're going to hear from three different full-time outside-the-home working moms. Um, I want to give you guys a heads up that because I interviewed three different women in three locations with three varying degrees of tech setup and um, interview apparatus, that the sound quality is as good as we could manage. Um, There are a couple of sound issues in particular with the second interview, and I really hope you'll stick stick with us through it because um, what these moms have to say is so great and our um, our sound quality is not perfect, but I think it's good enough that you will love hearing from them. So um, again, those of you who are regular listeners know we'll be back with our usual Megan and Sarah format um, next week on Tuesday. But for now, I'm really excited to introduce our first interview, which is a mom named Elizabeth Chapman, who is a full-time high school English teacher from Virginia. Elizabeth has two young kids, and she also is a blogger at teachingsamandscout.com. And on her blog, she writes a lot about working motherhood and working mom 
life. So when you head over to the show notes at our website, themomhour.com, um, I will link to several pieces that Elizabeth has written um, because I think she is a really great resource for working moms and in particular teachers. I know there are several of you out there who are teachers as well. So let's get to my interview with Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to the show. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. I am excited too. Thank you so much for being here. So um, I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners and just tell us, um, tell us where you live and how old your kids are and what you do for a living since we're talking about working motherhood. Sure, yeah. Um, well, I live in Southwest Virginia, and I'm married to my high school sweetheart, and I have, we have two kids. Sam is going to be five in July, and Nora just turned one in March, and I am a high school English teacher. I've been teaching, just finishing my ninth year. Um, I teach ninth, tenth, and eleventh grade at a specialty center, so I have kids from, like, kind of like a governor's school. They come from lots of different schools, and I get to have them for all three years of English, which is really fun. Oh, that's great. Wait, tell me more about that. I'm not familiar with a governor's school. What does that mean? Sure. Um, or maybe kind of like a magnet school. So okay. we have five okay. high schools in our community, and kids come from all five high schools to this one center, okay. and they're studying mass communications, and they get English as a bonus. So oh. I am teaching English and it's a pretty standard English class. It has a little twist with like a communications and mass uh-huh. media um, collaboration. Wow. I, that's I really awesome kids. It's like my dream job for that sure. That is really cool. Okay. So your kids are five and one um, mm-hmm. and you've been teaching longer than you've been mothering. So you've been working mothering yes. for about five years now. Um, yes. And you also, I want you to tell people just briefly about your blog, because um, when, when this episode airs, we will link to several things you've written on your blog. But just, just tell people briefly sure. the name of your blog and, um, and that you've incorporated some writing about working motherhood over there. Yeah. Um, well, I started, I've been blogging for about seven or eight years, so even before I was a mom. But I started this particular blog um, just about two years ago. And it's, the name of it is Teaching Sam and Scout. And as I mentioned, Sam is my son's name. So teaching Sam is kind of, um, you know, focuses on my role as a mom. And then Scout is the main character in To Kill a Mockingbird. So teaching Scout is kind of um, like a play on my role as an English teacher. And so my blog, I mean, I talk about all kinds of fun stuff on there, but I have a real heart for working moms. Um, I have a big audience of moms in general and working moms and then a really specific group of moms that are teachers and so I try to write for that audience a lot and just share some of my heart about being a working mom and why and what's good and what's bad and that kind of thing there. That is so great. I love that name now that I know the background. I don't know if you've heard me say on the show but I was an English major and I particularly loved my English teachers in high school. I mean really formative, formative people for me. It's really like the best job ever. And like I said, I get to have my students for three full years. So by the time they finish their junior year, I mean, we've gotten to talk about like really real stuff. Yeah. And, um, and I, I mean, I love them. They're my kids. I love that. That is great. I had my, my most formative high school English teacher I had for two years back to back. So I can relate a little bit, but 
Um, well, let's yeah. talk about teaching. I know we have listeners who are working moms and who are teachers. And mm-hmm. I know you mentioned offline before we started recording that it's there's a lot out there that why teaching is such an ideal profession for moms and you get summers off and here's why it is. And this is something you've thought a lot about and written about. And can you just speak to that a little bit? Talk about how teaching as a work, working, working mom as a teacher, how that works for you and your thoughts on that. Yeah, sure. Um, well, like I said, I love my job. And so any kind of con to being a working mom for me is outweighed by some of the positives of my particular job um, but I mean certainly there are some really great things about being a teacher and a mom my mom teaches fourth grade she's actually retiring this year um, but so I grew up with a mom that was a teacher and so in a lot of ways it's the only thing I've ever known and and she did an awesome job and I've been able to sort of model some after that but yeah love that I'm home early in the afternoons and get a good chunk of time in with my kids before, you know, dinner and bath and bedtime and that kind of thing. And then I get long breaks and, you know, when it's snowing and everybody wants to stay in pajamas and build snowmen, I get to do that with them. Mm -hmm. And then certainly summer is great. We're gearing up for a really fun summer. And I always say it gets to be sort of my like taste of what it would be like to be a stay at home mom for, you know, at least the fun part of it over the summer. So there are tons of perks. Absolutely. Um, But what I have thought about a lot, and I wrote a post a earlier this year about how I think there's sort of a misunderstanding that teaching is like the perfect Mm -hmm. or the easiest job for moms. Um, Any sentence that starts with teaching is the easiest job for anyone (laughs) needs to be rethought. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. And maybe maybe no one thinks that, but I do think there's a lot of moms that are teachers Uh and, um, and I've had people ask me, you know, do you think it's a great job for moms? Like, I'm thinking about going back to school or I want to start working. Would this be a good field? And I would say yes, but only if you really love it. Um, because for all of those con- uh, pros, there are some cons. Like, mm-hmm. my job isn't particularly flexible between school hours. Right. So, you know, from 7 o'clock to 2 or 3 o'clock, like, I don't have the flexibility to just, like, scoot over to my son's preschool for a party. Right. Certainly my school will often work with me and, you know, I can get things done, but it's not super easy. Right. Um, and certainly like sick days are a nightmare for a teacher because if I'm sick or my kids are sick, I can't just like pick up the phone and say, I'm yeah. sick today. Right. I often will have to get up like at four o'clock right. in the morning to write lesson plans and, yeah. you know, maybe trudge over to the school in my pajamas to drop things off or whatever. Um, So that is really difficult. And then the other thing that I think everybody knows about teachers, but we do bring a lot of work home. So while I have great hours during the day, um, it's not a job that I can completely leave at the door. Right. Um, I have gotten better at that over the years, (laughs) and I can speak a little to how having kids has me do that. Right. But um, but certainly, like, I'm bringing papers home to grade. Yeah. Those, or... essays, those essays, essays don't grade themselves. Yes, exactly. Um, but I do, I like that my kids get to see me doing that. And my yeah. son in particular knows how much I love my job. I talk about work with him a lot. Um, he actually came with me. We just had our last week of school, and he came with me one morning and helped me serve breakfast to my juniors that Aww. are getting ready to leave. And it was so cool because all the kids were, like, calling him by name. And yeah. he was like, Mom, your students know me. Um, so 
I love that I get to sort of blend those things. But yeah, that's a hard thing. And then the other thing just about teaching that I think is particularly hard for moms is that it is a job that you are totally on all yeah. day. Yeah. Um, kind of like acting. And I've never had another full-time job, so I can't compare it to anything else. But it is really physically exhausting mm -hmm. and mentally and oftentimes emotionally exhausting, too. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm thankful that I work in a really great school with really great kids. And, you know, it's often really refreshing and energizing for me. But I can't imagine sometimes elementary school teachers especially yeah. that are with, you know, 20 yeah. six-year-olds all day calling their name and then go home to their own yeah. two kids. Yeah. So just, I can't even imagine. Yeah. <laughs> but my mom did it. Yeah. Um, and I know lots of women do. Yeah. So no, I'm really glad. I'm really glad that you spoke to that because I agree. Anytime that we kind of simplify something into, oh, how perfect summer's off and afternoons right. to help your own kids with their homework. I think there's always a little bit of a richer story. So I'm so glad to hear you say that, and I know it will be it will be helpful not only for our listeners who are working moms and teachers, but also for parents. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy, so this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor Meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor Meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR50 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product, Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Yeah, I'm such a huge supporter and advocate for teachers, but it is we don't know what it's like, so I'm really thankful yeah. that you uh, talked about that. 
Um, so I think what always what listeners kind of want to hear is some of the nitty gritty of daily routines and functionally how this works. I'm really glad you brought up that you don't have a ton of flexibility. You have some great hours, but you don't have a ton of easy flexibility within your working hours. Um, and you mentioned sick days. So can you kind of give us a little picture of what your daily support system looks like, whether it's daycare or relatives or the drop-off routine? You can kind of take this anywhere you want to go, but just know that people love hearing like a day in the life of a working mom. (laughs) Um, I should probably give the disclaimer that we are incredibly spoiled. Um, my husband and I are high school sweethearts and we live in the same town that we grew up in. So both of our parents live here. Um, and we also both have siblings and their families that live here. So we're very fortunate in that sense. Um, but just in sort of day in and day out, anyways, grandparents often come through in a Mm -hmm. bind or Mm -hmm. whatever. And we're, that's, I don't know what we would do without that. Um, but day in and day out, I have to be at work at seven o'clock in the morning. So I get up really early. Um, and I'm usually gone before either kid wakes up. So my husband carries a lot of weight in the morning in terms of getting the kids up and breakfast and that sort of thing. Um, And then we actually have a nanny that comes to our house um, around eight-ish. And she is an angel to us. Mm -hmm. We just love her. Um, Without going into tons of detail, we found her kind of from a friend of a friend several years ago. Um, She was her kids were older and she had stayed at home with them and she was looking for something to do just sort of part-time. And I did one year after my son was born of part-time and I was getting off at 11 every day. So she just did a couple of hours a day with him. And I always joke that Sam stole her heart and kind of tricked her to joining our family because since then we went from like two hours a day to now she is with our kids all day, five days a week. Um, And she takes my son to preschool and keeps my little girl all morning and then picks Sam up from preschool and gives him lunch and has them in the afternoon until I get home. Um, and I mean, again, I don't, I don't know what we would do without her. I'm very, very, very fortunate for her because my husband and I don't have to do like the drop-offs or the pickups or anything like that. And she has become just such a part of our family. I mean, we know her family Mm -hmm. and, um, I kind of, this isn't everybody's cup of tea, but I trust her and love her and, you know, tell her to treat my kids like her own. So if she needs to run to the grocery store or needs to be at her house so she can do laundry or whatever, she does that. And my kids just go with it. Um, and it has been a really, really great situation for us. That's so great. So yeah, I'm very fortunate. And I totally recognize that a lot of people don't have that option or that flexibility. Well, so but a I lot of, just to jump in, a lot of people do. I, I think it goes both ways. Um, I'm thinking about the different moms we're interviewing in this series and we've got daycare and we've got nannies and we've got grandparents. And I think it's all, it's all important pieces of the puzzle. So no, not everyone has the option or a great situation to have a nanny, but not everybody has a great daycare option either. And not, you know, right. so I just to jump in there, I'm, I'm yeah, just thankful true. we're hearing all different kinds of situations. Yeah. So she's wonderful. I love her. She loves my kids. That is, I'm just sort of throwing this in there, but that is something that is so important to me and that I love so much about working is that my kids, I don't think they ever question whether or not I love them. I think we are close and they know I'm their mom. Sorry, Sarah. (laughs) Um, Where should I start? Just keep going. 
Okay. Um, but they know that they are loved by so many other people too. Right. And our nanny and the grandparents, I mean, they just feel, I think, you know, just as comfortable with her as they do with me. So I feel yeah. like we're on a team. Yeah. I love that. That, that is great. Um, um, so let's see. So let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned in, um, in our emails and also you've written about this, that, um, for you, you've made a choice to be a working mom. Not, we, we fully acknowledge not everybody has that choice, but I want you to just talk about why that choice works for you. Yeah. Um, that has been something that I feel like just in the last couple of years, I've finally been able to be comfortable with. Um, I think sometimes, at least in some of my circles, it's assumed that if you're working, it's only because you have to, Mm -hmm. or maybe because you're choosing money over time with your kids or something like that. And I just feel really passionately about that. That is not true. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel really called to being a mom and being a teacher, um, on a spiritual level and then also just like in who I am and how I was made. When I think about myself as a little girl, I always played house and I always played school. Um, And to me, those things, like I said, my own mom was a teacher and those two things just have always been a part of my identity and who I want to be. And I feel like just the way that I am made. Um, And I just am better. I'm a better mom. I'm a better wife. My husband and I joke that like, Summer is so, so fun, but by August, instead of, like, most parents are saying that they're ready for their kids to get back to school, my husband's like, I'm ready for you to get back to work. (laughs) Like, the house (laughs) just runs smoother. I am not great at, like, budgeting my time and getting everything done when I'm just home and open all day. So, routine-wise, it's so much better. Like I said, I love um, the fact that so many other people get to play a role in my kids' lives. Mm -hmm. I love that... Sam is in preschool and that they are, they're confident. I one time had someone tell me that my son was one of the most secure kids they had ever met. And that was like such a compliment. Um, And I feel like a lot of that is because he has like seen me go to work and seen me come home and, you know, doesn't feel like I'm going to leave it. Right. Whatever. Right. Right. Um, So for me, I just, like I said, I just love teaching. I love that my kids get to see me doing something that I love. Um, I think it's a really meaningful job. So I um, am proud of the work that I do. And I like, you know, just my kids knowing that I'm, take, I'm teaching other kids and that I'm reading good books with them. And then we're talking about life stuff. Um, so all that. of those things just make it really obvious for me. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think that's so important for people to hear. Um, and the other thing, sorry, no, go ahead. Uh, The other thing, just kind of the reverse of that, I taught for about four years before I had my son and I like myself so much more as a teacher, as a mom. Yeah. I was going to actually go there anyway, is kind of ask you to talk about, um, how your teaching has changed or your, or you, or just your experience in the classroom now that you're a mom. Yeah. Well, I mean, the truth is, my job doesn't come first anymore, and I don't really make any bones about that. I think even my students would know, like, hey, if I have to choose between, you know, reading with my son before bed or grading this essay tonight, I'm going to choose reading with him every night, and sorry. Um, so I am, like, later getting papers returned than I ever used to be, and I'm much faster to get out of the school in the afternoon than I used to be before I had kids and things like that that maybe um, – on the outside or on a checkoff list, make me a worse teacher. Um, but I am 
so much more compassionate. Um, I care about my students and I feel for them awkward, but I often will look at them and just think like that is going to be my son one day or, you know, I want my daughter to be just like her. Um, and I also, I just think about the type of teacher that I want my own kids to have actually kind of funny. I think in the fall, you guys did a podcast about homework, right? Uh-huh. That the well, it was actually more recently um, about homework, but we've done, really, we've done some other school and teacher-related ones, yeah. Okay. Um, that really Im- influenced me. I feel like I give a lot less homework now oh. than I used to. And I teach smart, advanced kids that certainly can handle it. Um, but I think if you asked my students, they would say that I'm really understanding. But I know that just like I say that, grading papers doesn't come first for me. Like my essay assignment isn't always going to come first for kids. And I'm fortunate because I work with really good kids and I have smaller numbers so I can manage that. And not every teacher could get away with that, I guess. Um, but I just, I, things like doing less homework or really wanting them to know that like, I think they are so smart and so amazing and it's okay if they didn't do great on the SAT, you know? Um, I'm, in that way now that I have kids of my own for sure I I love that I'm I'm sure it is interesting too to have a preview into adolescent years you know my oldest is only eight so I'm you know to me teenagers are often other than the few babysitters we've had although most of our sitters are a little bit older like college age so like a true high schooler is a little bit of a foreign creature to me. And I'm sure yeah. it is interesting and probably beneficial to you to see that yeah. stage of development so, when your kids are little, you know, maybe less yeah. demystify it a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I, you know, um, I love teenagers. My husband and I joke that we're going to be set when our kids are teenagers. <laughs> probably. Probably not. We'll probably forget everything. Um, but I use my students in my parenting a lot. I'll like pull them on things or just recently we were deciding about kindergarten for my son. Um, and I was like, so what do you guys think? Should I send him when he's five or wait till he's six? And I mean, they were adamant that I should wait till he was six. And it was silly reasons like getting his driver's license first or being better on sports teams. Like none of the things that I'm reading research on, you know, but things that I wouldn't have thought about. And so it's cool to get that. And then also just stuff like social media. I feel like they keep me up to date on what's going on. And also like, Hey, what do you wish that your parents did about this? You know, how do your parents handle this? What do you think about that? And they're very open with me, probably in a way that they wouldn't be even with right. their own parents. So Ooh, that's awesome. Like that. You're like a focus group. I love it. Yeah. That is great. Um, yeah. Well, before we wrap up, I, want, I have one more question I want to ask about maternity leave because I know, yeah. again, this is a, a unique with teachers in that it is like, they're like your kids. I mean, your students are like your kids. So you're really finding a surrogate and different time of years. I have teacher friends who really tried to plan their pregnancies and maternity leaves around summer, if you can even do that. So um, how how has that worked for you briefly? And then I know you um, are working on some resources for working moms about maternity leave. Yeah. Um, Well, it's funny that you said that about timing, because I'm so passionate about that. My son was born in July, and I was so excited when I found that I was due in July because I was like, oh, perfect summer. Turns out summer is like the absolute worst time to have a baby as a teacher, maybe as anyone. But um, (laughs) it was horrible because I was going to have to have somebody else start my school year for me if I wanted to take 
this long um, maternity leave. And um, I don't know if maybe this is just me, but I think it's kind of characteristic of lots of teachers, but I like to be in control and I have my own systems for things. Mm -hmm. And this is crazy, but I literally switched positions for a year after my son was born. I was the school testing coordinator because I could not imagine coming into a classroom in the middle of the year and taking over what somebody else had started. Um, So we survived that. I did not like being out of the classroom. I went back to the classroom the next year. And then my daughter was born just this past March. Okay. And if anyone can plan when to have a baby, March is the perfect time for for teachers. Um, It was excellent. Um, I ended up coming back three weeks before the end of the school year. Okay. And... I could have extended it all the way through the summer, but I opted to come back um, because I wanted to see my kids and I wanted to close things out. And it also was kind of nice because it marked the end of maternity leave and the beginning of summer. Yeah. As sort of two different things for yeah, me. Yeah, I, don't know I if like that. Makes that. Sense, yeah, but. no, it does. Yeah, I um, like that. But yeah, it was very, very hard to leave my students. And um, they missed me and I missed them. They, you know... I use this little text reminder thing with my students and I texted them a picture of Nora, like the morning that she was born, just to clarify, they don't have my cell phone number, but it goes like a system. Um, but I texted her a picture of her, I texted them a picture of her and, you know, occasionally would post on like our class blackboard page, just, Hey, I miss you guys. Here's what I'm up to. Um, but I also tried to be really good about taking that time to be off and yeah. be with my baby and trusting my substitute. I did a lot of work leading up to maternity leave. I had this beautiful binder with like everything you could ever imagine a substitute needing. Um, but then I kind of let it go and I said, look, do what you need to do. You've got freedom. You can throw this binder away if you want. I did it more for me than yes. for you. Yeah. Um, And we stayed in touch a little bit, but there were even a couple of times where I had to say like, hey, I want you to just deal with this because I'm home and I can't right Right. now. Um, And same with my students. They had a couple little issues and would like email me or something. And I would say, I'm sorry, but I'm not your teacher right now. Like I'm mom right now. And and I think they respected me for that. And I'll tell you, if you need a confidence booster um, after having a baby, going back to work (laughs) with your students, I had like... 60 kids that were super excited to see me for those three weeks. (laughs) So it was fun. And it was a nice little break, honestly, from the newborn stage. Of Um, course, definitely. And the other thing that was really nice, just in terms of like tips or advice, um, somebody told me a long time ago to always go back in the middle of the week. And so I did that. I went back Mm -hmm. on a Wednesday. So I had sort of a short first week Mm -hmm. and to do like a trial run day with the nanny before. So she took Nora for a full day on Tuesday, and I could kind of have some time to myself and get things kind of in order. Another thing that I did that was really beneficial is I planned for the first two weeks down to, like, having copies made for my substitute um, when I first went out on maternity leave. Okay. And then she did the same for me when I came back. That's so nice. So I had two weeks to sort of get my bearing. Now, I was only back for three weeks, so that right. pretty much took me to the end of the year. But it was really, really nice. And I would say if you could work that out, it's the way to go. Yeah, that's sure. great. And, so are you yeah. working on um, – did you say you're working on an ebook or a series about yes. this? Okay. So yeah, tell my us little summer project is I'm going to take my binder that I made – for my substitute and expand on it and kind of make it in like a printable form um, and 
write up some thoughts that I've had and some experiences that I have and put together a little ebook that um, I'm hoping to release around the beginning of the school year. Okay. For teachers, mostly okay. for teachers about yeah, uh, for going teachers. on maternity leave. I'm going to, yeah. there'll be some general stuff, but mostly for teachers. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Elizabeth, we have to wrap up, but I am so uh, grateful that you were here. And I feel like we got so many good tips and insight into teachers and working moms. Um, remind everybody, again, where to find you online, your blog. And then we will link to all of that, uh, listeners, at themomhour.com. I will link over it. But before we say goodbye, just remind us where to find you uh, sure. online. Yeah, Sarah, thank you so much. This has been so fun. Um, my blog is salmonscout.com okay and then I'm pretty much salmon scout at salmon scout on Twitter and Instagram and it's salmon scout blog on Facebook okay so I would perfect. love to connect with some of your listeners yes well I know we have teachers and they will be running to find you and I know other working moms too especially of little tiny ones like you've got so Good. thank you again and um, we'll talk to you soon Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Hey everyone, Sarah here again. So before we go on to my next interview, I just want to remind everyone quickly that you can sign up to receive an email whenever a new episode of The Mom Hour is published. Um, our email sign up is right on our website, which you can find at themomhour.com. 
And when you sign up for our email list, not only will you just get an email every time a new show is live, um, but it's also a great way to keep in touch with us. Anytime you get one of those emails, you can hit reply and ask us a question or say hello. It goes right to us. So we love hearing from you. And we are building that email list um, with the hopes of really growing our community and being able to keep in touch with you guys that way. So I would love to see you sign up. Just head to themomhour.com. It's right in our sidebar, sidebar. It's also at the end of every show notes blog post. So I would love if you would join our email list. So my next conversation is with Kelsey Wharton. Kelsey is a mom of two little boys who lives outside Phoenix in Gilbert, Arizona. She works full-time as a science writer for a large university, um, and she's also a fellow podcaster. Kelsey podcasts um, with her next-door neighbor. They have a podcast called The Girl Next Door, um, and Kelsey and I have been online friends for a couple of years now, and it was so much fun talking with her about working motherhood um, and her working mom life. Uh, again, I mentioned at the top of the show that we had a little bit of audio issues with this interview. Kelsey's comes in really strong and clear, and for some reason, my audio is a little low. So the good news is you uh, will hear ev her every word, and if I sound a little quiet to you, um, again, our apologies, and we hope you enjoy this interview. Hey, Kelsey. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Hi. Hi. So happy to have you. Awesome. Yeah, it's great to be on here. Um, so Kelsey, will you just introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell us a little bit about your cute family and where you guys live and what you do for work. Okay, sure. So I live in Gilbert, Arizona, just down the road from where you used to live That's in Arizona. I'm, I'm, I'm so sad we did it. I think we kind of like developed our online friendship after you yes. left, so I'm bummed we're not I like know. friends We could um, be doing locally. this in person. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, so I live in Gilbert, Arizona with my family, my husband, Chris, and my two little boys. Dashiell is three and Cedric is almost 18 months old oh and gosh. we have been living here in the desert for oh my gosh it's eight years this summer which I can't believe wow. um, I'm originally from Austin Texas and so it has been an adjustment I'm starting to embrace it and love yeah. it and I also work full-time as a science writer for Arizona State University. Oh, that's great. So tell me more Tell me more about that. I actually was in kind of corporate writing before I stayed oh, home. Oh, okay. So um, sure. I'd love to hear more about what that means. Tell me about being a science writer. Okay, sure. So uh, what's funny is I've now been in this position for four years, and I just love it. It is such a great fit for me. I get to... Um, basically, my job is to write and tell the story of research happening at ASU, oh which means I get to meet with faculty and researchers from across the university, and it's a very large university, so we're doing things in the humanities and in engineering and in health and just across the board, and there's really exciting stuff going on, and so... 
it just fits my curious personality so well. I get to just learn so many different things and meet with very passionate, smart people. And then I take what I learn and I translate it into, um, you know, trying to make it a narrative, interesting and understandable article that then we share on our websites or in print media to help tell the story of, of ASU research. That is um, very I cool. So do you interface kind of with PR type, um, like people trying to, or is it mostly internal that your audience? Uh, it is, it is a lot of external actually. And so most of my stuff gets sent externally is published like on our website that's public facing. And, and so, so yeah, so that's really interesting. Interesting. We do have marketing people. I don't have a marketing background. I'm actually trained as a scientist. And before I came to work at ASU, I was working in consulting and hated it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, just kind of a lot of people, other writers that I work with, they are have a journalism background uh-huh. and always loved science. Okay. I have a science background, but I always love to write. So I kind of come at it from a different, from a different way. I love that. I literally get like, like goosebumps thinking about how when you're, when you want to be a writer, when you're a kid, you think of people like up in their attics writing novels, or at least I did. So right. anytime right. I meet like employed writers writing about all different kinds <laughs> of things, it's like, it's exciting. And I love that there's yes. that out there. So tell me yes. about your schedule since we're talking about working motherhood. Is oh, this sure. a pretty traditional Monday through Friday situation? It is and it isn't. So I so I am working full time, 40 hours a week. Um, I am very fortunate in that just I think the, the university and then in particular my group that I work for and my boss, my direct supervisor are – encourage or at least are open to a flexible work schedule and Mm -hmm. so Monday through Monday through Thursday I'm in the office and I'm getting there anywhere between 8 to 9 30 and I mean that just depends on how our morning went like that is just that's a big window but that just depends did we have stuff prepped the night before and we're getting right out the door you know all those things luckily um, everyone in my office tends to start a little bit later and so I can be rolling it at 9 30 and that is totally on time so that's pretty awesome um I'm usually leaving the office I really shoot for like 420 because I need to I work in Tempe but live further east in Gilbert Mm -hmm. and so gotta get out of there traffic get the boys from daycare um you know we're usually getting home by 540 so Um, And then on Fridays, I feel so, so fortunate. I work from home and I've been doing that ever since I came back from maternity leave with Dashiell. That was something that I had heard of a couple other people doing that. um, And I asked for it. I was able to do that. And I've been doing that. And I just love it. It gives me, I can throw in a load of laundry. Right. I can. I can be in my house and it's right. quiet. Probably <laughs> it's just kind of really transitions great. you to the weekend a little bit too. Even though yeah. the boys are at daycare and you're working exactly. a full day, it's like a transition into the weekend. Exactly. Well, it really is. It makes a big difference. You mentioned maternity leave. Um, so let's mm-hmm. kind of go there. Um, a lot of okay. our listeners of the Mom Hour are newer moms um, and okay. working moms. And I know this is 
um, you have some things to say about maternity leave. You've done it twice. Your yeah. boys are fairly yes. close in age. So you yes. worked, took a maternity leave, worked, right. got pregnant, took another maternity <laughs> leave. How long exactly. have you been back? So Cedric is 18 months. So you've been back a, at least a year in this last yes. time. So talk about That's talk right. about how that was for you. Yeah. Well, so going into, and so this is kind of interesting too. Um, let's even back up when I first got my job at ASU, and this is all just kind of important for the context. Yeah. I So I mentioned that I worked in environmental consulting mm-hmm. before. I um, got a master's degree in environmental science. I felt very passionate about um, just the environment and sustainability. I was so eager to like get out into the workforce and, you know, work. Well, my first two jobs in consulting were just, oh, they were just so hard. I would call them soul sucking, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was accounting for your hours. You weren't allowed to think outside the box, all these things. And that was really, really hard. Um, I think right before I got the job at ASU, I was kind of ready to start a family. And my husband, Chris, was not quite there yet. We knew we wanted a family, but we just weren't on the same page. I got this job at ASU. It was, you know, a change in my career. And and it was just so exciting to finally be in a job that fit my, um, my passions mm-hmm. and just was so supportive in so many ways. And I just loved it. That was right about the time when Chris kind of came around and was like, Hey, right. I think I'm about ready to have a family. And I was kind of like, no, no, no. I'm just getting into a job. I enjoy. I think I just want to do this and like kind of enjoy right. life right now. So, you know, that was just kind of funny right about there, but it was just about three months after I had started my job at ASU that I got pregnant, oh, which wow. was actually so fortunate because you need to be working for an organization <laughs> usually for a year before yeah. you're eligible for like leave, like paid leave and stuff. So, so that worked out really great. So heading into my maternity leave with uh, my son, Dashiell, who's now three, I enjoyed my job so much. I felt so fortunate to be working at a job that I loved, all these things. And I just thought, you know, this is not going to be a big deal. Like I I knew in this objective way that, you know what, probably leaving my baby and coming back to work, oh, that might be kind of hard. But I just felt like my love of my work and and we'd found a great daycare. Like I kind of knew how all the pieces were going to work together. I'm quite the planner. And I just felt like this is not going to be that big of a deal. And it... It was a big deal, and it was so hard to transition back to work. It was, mm-hmm. it was really hard. It was so emotional, mm-hmm. um, it, it, and it was hard because I, I did really enjoy my job, and I enjoyed the work that I was doing, and, and I knew that Dasha was being cared for. And actually, mm-hmm. when I first went back to work, um, my husband is a professor, and he was on summer. And so actually, he was just staying home with my husband at first. So mm-hmm. I like knew he was in such a great place. Right. But it just, man, it just hit me. Um, just so many different things. Your, your whole routine and world is sort of, you know, upheaved mm-hmm. and you know, imagining it from before you have the baby, you just mm-hmm. can't quite fully grasp how much it's going to change mm-hmm. and, and what those emotions and that love mm-hmm. is going to be like. Um, and it was just hard too, because even at the same time, sometimes I did just really enjoy being at my job and yeah. like being at my quiet desk and being productive and having adult conversations. Um, so there were just like a lot of really conflicting emotions yeah. for me. Well, and I, think, I will say, oh, yeah, go ahead. Keep going. Oh, I was just going to say that for for me, um, 
for anyone going through it, it took me probably six months to a year before I started to feel just kind of like this normalcy again. And so, and, and, you know, I, I, um, I had told myself like, just wait before you make any big changes because I was thinking is working the right thing for me. This is really hard. I feel very emotional. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of my experience with my first Right. Well, I was going to say it's a kind of with your first, it's kind of an identity shift, too, because you're returning to I did go back to work after my first, although I never resumed full time. Um, I went back half time for about two years and then I stayed home full time after that. But I do remember the people. Nothing else has changed. Like your desk is the same and the people are the same and you are a completely different like milk producing person. Like it's very strange. And so. Just when, like, whether it's 12 weeks or however long, just when you're maybe starting to, like, feel a little bit of confidence about mothering, then you return to work and you kind of have to, like, like mm-hmm. uh, um, figure out what that – you now have a new work identity because things are the same, but yeah. you are not. So I can imagine – I mean, I, I yes. can relate to a lot of what you're saying. Um, and I love that you just kind of gave yourself permission to wait and see, you know, knowing that you loved yeah. your job. Um, and so right. how was it with Cedric the second time? Was that a different experience? Yes, it was so much easier. <laughs> I think I think so much of it just um, a, a big part of it for me too. You just are kind of already used to this big, big love. Yeah. When you first experience that with your first child, it just, oh my gosh, it just kind of like rips you apart and, and exposes all this vulnerability. And I was still just very much dealing with that, which I right. mean, that's a whole conversation about our maternity leave in the U.S. that right. yes. we don't need to get to right, right. now. But I, 12, 12 weeks, and that is right. even, a lot of generous. people don't even yeah. get right. that long. Exactly. Considered generous is is way too short. But right. so with, with Cedric, I think I was just kind of already used to that big love. I didn't have quite the emotional hormonal roller coaster. Our routines were already in place. I was already really familiar with our daycare. Yes. Um, it was, it was a lot easier and smoother. That's great. That's great. And I think that's so true of second time around in general is knowing a little yes. bit what to expect. The, the babies right. will surprise us cause they are not the same, <laughs> but the experience of motherhood is familiar yes. at least. Yes. So um, tell me about your childcare, because I know you mentioned before we started talking mm-hmm. that you had some preconceptions about daycare right. and then kind of changed your mind. So can you talk about that a right. little? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, even before Chris and I were ready to have a family, we talked a lot about what having a family might look like for us. Uh-huh. And, you know, I had really thought at the time that I would want to stay home full time. My mom did that with... Um, my sister and I, Chris's sister, stays home full time. And I've just always, I always had known that I wanted to be a mother. I really felt like I wanted to make that like just my primary focus being with my children. I was really looking forward to being a mother in childcare and all these things. Um, and so, so before we had kids, I felt like a daycare facility would not be my ideal choice for like caring for my children. You know, then fast forward to the time we're actually having children, and here I am in this job that I love. I feel like maybe I'm just about to start hitting my career stride, and I feel really passionate about the work I'm doing. And it was just interesting how then it was like, you know what? I think actually I do want to keep working, and and I'm okay with that. And um, we 
we kind of knew through connections just in, um, in our community, like friends of friends and things, um, had heard about a daycare center. It actually ended up being owned and run by one of our neighbors just down the street and her oh, mom and sister. So it's a family great. owned and run daycare facility. And it's wonderful and loving and amazing. And my boys just thrive there and it feels like family. Yeah. And, and, and I, I feel so thankful for it every week. I cannot yeah. even tell you yeah. how often because I couldn't go to work and right. enjoy my job and not be thinking about right. my kids constantly right. if I wasn't hundred percent confident in their care. So, um, yeah, so it's just, it's just kind of interesting. You know, I remember being in a, like a get together of new moms when I first had dash and we were kind of all talking about just different situations. I was one of only maybe a couple of other moms who were even going to go back to work. Most yeah. people were staying at home and someone said something along the lines of like, Oh, I would never <laughs> send my child to daycare. Ooh. And Man, you know, and then, and I, I did speak up like not in a defensive way, but I just said, you know, what, we've found a great daycare and that yeah. is going to be our situation. Like I didn't want to make it awkward for later right. if they found out or for them right. to feel bad, but yeah, it's just, it's just interesting. You know, they, those things happen to all moms every, yep. every which way. Um, well, but I think I, just until you're like actually in the circumstance, sometimes yes. you can't really know the full situation. And it's a lesson we have to learn over and over again, I think, which is yes. whatever you think you are going to be like or the decisions yes. you think you'll make you know we have to leave it yes. open to that may not be the way yes. it turns out um i yes. actually yes. thought i thought i would stay a working mom forever i never thought it would be financially feasible to stay home actually uh -huh. and i uh -huh. spent my first maternity leave just panicked about returning to work uh, and once we figured yeah. out i could return ha half time i was great but it was the same thing right. i had never thought once about staying home because I thought I would want to, and I thought I had to. And until I had uh -huh. that baby, I didn't realize right. that I wanted to stay home. And I think that, and it goes yeah. both ways. I mean, and, right. and it, you know, it changes over time as we always yeah. say, but yeah. um, that's great that you guys have found that. And I agree about daycares is there's something that seems on paper kind of impersonal, or that's the way it used right. to seem to me yeah. at least. Yes. And once you're inside those doors and you realize how much those people love your babies, uh -huh. it's like anything, yeah. anything but. That's great. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, so we don't have a ton of time, but I want to talk about, um, since you're still relatively new, it's just been a few years into motherhood, what yes. what feels different about, you love your job still, um, do you feel mm -hmm. like, do you feel different about your work or do you feel better about your work now that you are a mom as well as loving this job? Do you think it makes you, you know, more understanding? Do you think, what, what has changed for you since having kids at, with, at your job, if that makes sense? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting and a really great question. I think now, I think before it was just like, well, you go to college and then you work, right. you know, like that's just what you do. And now that it is a very conscious decision mm -hmm. that I am working, that I am taking time away from my family, I think I just, I just do think of it differently. And, and it, and I definitely think about this needs to be something that is very fulfilling mm -hmm. for me and that that serves a lot of benefits, both that it's enjoyable and fulfilling mm -hmm. for me, mm -hmm. um, but but also that it is providing for my family. I right. really, you know, I, I thought about my salary and the money I was earning before, but now it's like I really value that financial contribution mm -hmm. that I'm able to make to our family and to our financial security. Um 
I definitely think about being very productive. I try to be extremely productive Monday through Thursday when I'm in the office and things that I could only take care of there. So that Friday can be just wrapping things up and kind of a transition into the weekend, like you said. Right. Um, and I just, I think I do see a lot of the, a lot of the benefits yeah. versus maybe before it's like, oh, I have to go to work. Right. And I, I certainly have those days, but I really try to think about what I'm getting from it because yeah. there are just a lot of, a lot of benefits. I love that. Well, let's talk about that time management piece too, because okay. that is definitely like a hot topic for all moms. Yes. Um, but I know, sure. and this is, I'm going to generalize for a second here, but I know for working moms with time away from their kids sometimes can lead to feeling guilty or conflicted about doing anything else but being with their kids when they're not at work. Does that make sense? Like a totally binary yes. experience. And of course, the, right. casu the casualty there is everything from date nights to time alone. Mm -hmm. If you are someone who really relishes time alone to time with your friends um, or creative pursuits and hobbies. Right. Um, and I, right. because I know a little bit about you personally, I know that yeah. you write and have a personal blog. You co-host a podcast that we'll talk about in a minute, but um, I'd love to hear you talk about that. It's not, it's not so much like, how do you do it all? But um, why do you think that's important that it isn't just work and sit on the floor doing puzzles at home with my kids, yeah. that there has to be a more integrated picture? Definitely. I mean, just life is so rich and there are so many things that you want to do. And certainly we are all as mothers, we have interests outside of our children and what? our family. No, just kidding. And <laughs> I know, I know breaking news. And it is, it is so, so important. I, and I've just learned this. I, the more fulfilled I am by those outside interests, the better mother I am, then I can be fully present with my boys and bring yes. more energy to them. And I also like modeling for them that I have these other interests. I want yes. them to grow up to pursue varied interests. And so, so, so I do agree. I think there is kind of this narrative that we're just so over busy and over scheduled and maybe especially for working moms, how could you ever have right. other time for things? Right. And honestly, I, that is just not the case for me. I am very intentional with my time, mm -hmm. but I, I do a lot with my time. Um, and I think it has to do with really thinking about what you want to do with your time and really seeing how much time you do have. Um, one of my favorite books that I would recommend for all working moms is Laura Vanderkam's book, I Know How She Does It. Yes. And she really challenges this narrative that we don't have enough time. And she actually yes. have, has people track their time to see where, where they're spending their time. And that just really resonated for me. And so... Um, Things that I do will be like um, for a Saturday, I'll ask Chris, hey, can I go work for two or three hours? And this mm -hmm. is not on my full-time job, but this is on my writing, my blog, mm -hmm. my podcasts. And so, you know, we'll just plan ahead. And there's three hours. That is a huge amount of time. You certainly find once you're a mom, suddenly 30 minutes, I could do so much in 30 right. minutes. Right. I just really value that time. Yeah. Um, and I think it's also cutting out stuff that is not serving those purposes, mm -hmm. trying to be really conscious of how much time I'm just spending surfing the web or on social media. Right. Um, um, I, I think things, things like that. And so I, I just try to really think about what's important to me and where can I schedule those in. Sometimes it's after bedtime, you know, mm -hmm. I have a book club once, um, like once a week or once a month, I'm sorry. Um, and just, 
just kind of working around that. Yeah, I love that. Um, we I will link to that book in the show notes. And actually, Laura Vanderkam yeah, and Megan are friends. And Megan has interviewed oh, her a couple of times, including recently on Megan um, has a business podcast with somebody else um, called Life Work. So Laura was on that show quite recently talking about that book. So I'll link to the book and also to that interview if our listeners awesome. want more about that. Yes. Well, um, we do need to wrap up, but I'm so thankful okay. that you have shared this these things with us. Can you tell us, let's talk about where um, listeners can find you because we have mentioned your podcast a bunch of times. So take a minute just to talk (laughs) about the Girl Next Door podcast and then we'll direct people. Yeah. And I just have to say, I just, I am so passionate about talking about being a working mom and supporting moms of all kinds, but working, working moms. um, And so so I'm so glad that you guys are featuring this on your podcast. So yes, so I have um, a I have a couple of podcasts actually. I have one podcast that I co-host with my next door neighbor, which is so fun. It's called the Girl Next Door Podcast. Um, find us on Instagram at Hi Girls Next Door, and find us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I also have a podcast that I co-host with my husband Chris. We talk about marriage and money. It's called that. Matrimony, spelled M O N E Y. And then I write up my personal blog, risingshining.com. And I'm also on Instagram myself at Kels Wharton. Okay. Well, we will link to all of those. And I especially have recommended you and Erica's show, um, especially to my friends with kids slightly younger. Um, And Megan and I continue to do that because while we love to reminisce about those days, there's nothing like hearing about it from people who are in people it people <laughs> who are in it so um you guys need to keep doing what you're doing and you are podcasting oh, thank you. pros so well thanks again kelsey um and everybody who's listening head to the momhour.com and look for this episode and you can find kelsey and we will link up to all of those places take care thanks so much bye hey everybody sarah here again so we are going to move right into my final conversation Uh, today. And this one was really fun for me. Angie Ryer is a personal friend of mine. Uh, We went to college together. We lived in the same dorm our freshman year at Northwestern. And we very quickly made this little posse of good friends that pretty much remained the same for all of college. So Angie and I have known each other for many years. um, But we actually haven't seen each other in person for probably more than 10 years. Um, But we've stayed in touch via the internet, and we were both the first among our college group of friends to have babies, Um, and we beat everybody else by a good five years or so. So um, both of our oldest daughters are eight, and we've bonded over that over the years. Um, Angie now has three children. Um, She has an eight-year-old, she has a three-year-old, and she has a new baby who is about eight months And um, Angie is a full-time attorney. She works um, for a large corporation as an in-house attorney. She's had a couple of different lawyer jobs over the years, and she and I talk about that in our interview. Um, And I know you guys are going to love hearing from her, especially those of you who are newer in your working motherhood journey. Um, Angie's oldest is eight, as I mentioned, and she's seen a lot of the ups and downs that come through the various ages of her kids, um, adding new babies to the family, starting school, and she's just really encouraging and insightful, I think, about 
um, the working mom life. Um, she loves her job. She loves her kids. And I know you are going to love this conversation with Angie. Enjoy. Hi, Angie. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sarah. I'm excited to be on. This is so much fun. So I mentioned in my introduction that you and I were in the same college dorm room as college freshmen and that we had our first babies around the same time. So this is like so much fun to be, I don't know, doing this in a completely different capacity. So I'm so excited. Me too. We've been mom friends from afar. From afar. I know. And we were kind of lonely. We were the first of our group to have uh, babies for a long time. So Um, Well, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners and just let everybody know where you live, how many kids you have, and what you do for work. Great. Well, I live in Davenport, Iowa with my three kids. I have an eight-year-old girl, just finished second grade. I have a -a three-and-a-half-year-old boy, and then I have an almost eight-month-old girl. Awesome. Who is the cutest baby, I have to say. She is the world's cutest. (laughs) I love her. Oh, and... And I also, I forgot to say, I'm a, I'm a lawyer. I work in-house for a large corporation um, as just a commercial attorney. Okay, so tell, for those who are legally ignorant, tell, tell us what that means. Are you one of, are you the lawyer, or is it a big enough company that there's an in-house department? Yep, so we have an in-house department of seven lawyers. So I'm one of the seven. Our, I report into our general counsel, okay. and I do, you know, just a variety of, you know, I could be helping people with a little itty bitty contract, or we could be buying and selling a business, and I'm handling that transaction. So it's okay. a, a huge variety. And what does the company do itself? Um, I work for H and I Corporation. We uh, are the lar- the second largest manufacturer of office furniture in okay. the world, and then we also are the largest manufacturer of fireplaces. So oh. if you have like a heat and glow fireplace, or we have several brands, but that would be one of them. Awesome. That's what we do. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, that's one of the fun things about this episode is hearing from not just working moms, but working moms in all sectors. So I'm excited to talk to you because, um, and this is not to diminish any other working mom's schedule, but knowing you personally, you have been hitting the pavement outside the home for most of motherhood. And I mean, traveling, taking, you know, having like big projects, having to be away from your family, um, and your husband works a pretty strenuous job as well. So while every family situation is different, um, I do think it's important for moms to hear from working moms who really have had to navigate the challenges of being away for significant blocks of time with travel and trials. Don't you go to trial? Or did I make that part up? No, but I do not do any litigation. Okay. So, yeah. But traveling for, traveling for work. Um, Yep, so absolutely. and being away for extended period of times, and um, that, that you're doing it now for the third, the third time around. So um, I'm looking forward to getting into this stuff. Um, why don't we start with travel? Because that has not come up in my other conversations, um, and obviously is something that working parents face a lot. Um, when you went back after your maternity leave the first time, or I know you've also changed jobs once or twice. Um, was travel always something you knew that would be part of it, or did you have to kind of get used to that idea after you had kids? So after I had my oldest, Amelia, I was in private practice, and I wasn't traveling at all. And I actually worked part-time with her, you know, two to three days a week. Mm -hmm. Um, When she was about two years old, I had an opportunity to come up to work for a large company, and that that was a move to full-time. 
And I struggled a little bit with that decision to part-time with a job I didn't really enjoy that much to full-time for a position I was very excited about. And that full-time position involved travel about every three weeks for about two to three days a week. Okay. And so that was a big change for me. I'd only left Amelia maybe for a couple days okay. until she was two. Wow. And how much do you travel now? So now I travel pretty much monthly. Um, but it can go, I'm able to control my travel. So I need to go and visit several of our companies every year or two. And so last year when I was pregnant, I went, you know, once or twice a month and visited them all so that this year could be a light travel year after I've just had the baby. So, okay. you know, she is eight months old and I haven't left her yet, okay. but in the next couple of weeks I will be for the first oh, time. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, so what does that look like functionally when you get ready to do a trip? Maybe you can talk a little bit about um, getting ready to leave for an extended period of time, which I think two days is an extended period with as much goes on in a house with three kids. Um, and maybe also talk about how you and your husband, um, how that works, because his, um, his job is fairly demanding too, I believe. Yep. So Tim is also an attorney. Um, and I have left, you know, the longest I've left is, I think, 10 days. You know, I had to go visit our Asian companies. And so, you know, it was Taiwan, Hong Kong, China. So big wow. trip, very different time zones. I've gone to Europe for work, you know. So those are being gone for a full week. Um, the day or two, honestly, at this point, doesn't even feel like anything to Tim and I. Um, we've gotten that. And he travels as well. So we go mm -hmm. on both ends. Yeah. You know, if I, I'm going, it's amazing. It's like you're making sure the laundry is ends, the kids have the, I think, you know, what soccer is that? We need a soccer uniform. Do we need gymnastics clothes? Right. Do we need, uh, do we have enough uh, food for the kids for different meals and snacks? Do we have this and that? And I always joke with him. I, I wish that, like, his list was the same when I was going out of town. <laughs> when he was going out of town, as mine is for when he's going to be parenting alone. And you know, if it's a longer trip, I make sure we have support so that my parents and his mom are all semi-retired. Okay. And so we can get people to come in for a couple days. Um, we get people to help with drop-offs and pickups and just make life generally a little bit easier for everybody. Um, so, you know, there's just a lot of, for me, I, I tend to type out the day and type uh -huh. out the schedule. And I love it because I'll be sitting in, like, a boardroom in China. I'll be getting texts about, what's the address for the haircut? <laughs> Look at the spreadsheet. <laughs> it's so true. Me. It's so true. Well, you and I are alike that way. But don't you sometimes feel like I think typing it out is more, much more about easing my own like control issues than having anybody look at it. Although it is nice if they'll use it, but I do yeah. sometimes feel like um, it's more to put my mind at ease before I go, and then I can just let it go. Yeah. No. And it's like I've done every single thing I can, and then I can relax. Yes. Exactly. You yes. just wanna. I, I'm that I'm very much like you in that way is that I like to plan every single detail and then once I do plan all the details I'm pretty much okay with yeah, whatever. Yeah, you can happens. let go. It's so true. Um, how do the kids do now? I'm curious. So you have an eight-year-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old and then of course baby Gwen. But um, how has that worked? Because I know kids go in and out of phases of you know being real clingy to mommy and then they go out of it and then sometimes they go back into it. So I'm curious how that's been in terms of you know saying to Amelia and Quinn, hey, mommy's going away for a couple of days. Is it, have you seen different phases and how do you navigate that? So I think around maybe right where Gwen is now at eight months old till about two years old is a particularly easy time to travel. Okay. Their sense of time just isn't yes. there. So they, <laughs> so they just, they forget that you're gone for three or four days right. and they just kind of manage through it and they see you and they're very excited to see you. Right. And then you get to like the two to three, four year old phase where I think if I've gone for a week trip, I come back and they're like, 
who are you? I can't believe you left me this long. Yes. And, and they're mean, they, kind of. Like, yeah, they, yeah like, they really take it out on you. Yeah, exactly. No, I want daddy. No, I won't yeah. sit on your lap. You know, the, those kinds of things. Amelia now is old enough that I can talk to her and connect with her when I'm gone. Yeah. And so she doesn't feel, I don't do that with my uh, three-year-old as much because it just makes him get sad on the phone yes. and cries and wants me and all that. Whereas yeah. Amelia, you know, just repeatedly doing FaceTiming and those types of connections with her then makes her, you know, kind of fills her cup up. So she does, she del- deals better. She also understands that when I'm gone, Tim, like, We'll do more of, sure, you can sleep in our bed tonight. Sure, yeah. you can have an extra, stay up an extra half hour. So yeah. she kind of knows she gets a There's little more. There's pros and cons. Perks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. Um, oh. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited to give people kind of a peek ahead because we have a lot of working moms who are newer to motherhood. So maybe we can shift into talking about Amelia. She's going into third grade. Um, and that brings up some new challenges for you as a working mom. Um, I know like, you know, missing out on the class party is kind of the cliche. And I have to say as a mostly at home mom, I also feel like I can never get into the classroom when I want because I have a, you know, a child at home who's not in school yet. So whether you're at home, whether you're working outside the home or not, um, maybe you can talk about how that's changed in this going into the school years and how you, how you stay involved at school, if that's what you choose to do, um, or how that's, how that's worked. Yep. So I have, I think, cause I missed day-to-day stuff so I don't get the everyday pickup that in the the playing at the playground and interacting with the teacher that happens at our school a lot around pickup time that I've chosen to be the mom who does every school party goes to every school concert does all that stuff so I stay very involved that way so going into third grade I've yet to miss a school party I don't think I've missed a school event except for I missed one concert when Tim was traveling and the two little ones had the flu and so it was just because yeah. Just throw up everywhere. Yeah. And I cried the whole time because somebody Aww. sent me a video. <laughs> um, but, um, but you know, I, I, I've been her room mom. I've been the one, you know, I've sit at the computer all day. So it's very easy for me to coordinate with the five other moms, you know, who's bringing what for the parties and who's doing that. And I have a job that allows a lot of flexibility. So That's I have great. a very, de- very demanding job, but I also can work from home for the day and pop over to school for two hours in the middle and, you know, do that party and be there. So Amelia, I think it's funny She'll only be in elementary school with uh, her brother for one year when he's in kindergarten. Right. And she already asked me, so when I'm in fifth grade and he's in kindergarten, you're going to be my room mom, right? Not his. You know? She's used to, like, I get you. You're all mine. And so. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, so that's for me is a compromise. Like, when I've been on maternity leave and I've been able to pick her up every day from school, and have those kind of fun conversations in those little times. I I realize I'm missing those, mm-hmm. but I I also try to build in some of those during the year then, just because if she's kind of feeling I'm noticing like oh I traveled a lot or something's going on, then maybe on a random Tuesday I'll just show up and I'll pick her up from school and that would be a, a huge it's treat. A treat. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. I love that. Well, I think you brought up some really great points there, which is you know, if we're going back to, there's always trade-offs and there's always kind of the benefits and the downsides. But, um, it also has been my observation that the full-time working moms I've known often are as involved at school or more, um, than the stay-at-home moms. And there's, I think there's challenges. And like you said, there's, um, there's some opportunity to do more because you're in a structure where you've got childcare for the younger ones and you're sitting at a computer Anyway, so I love hearing that you've chosen to stay involved in a way that works for you and your job, 
and that it is it's true there's you're not getting the pickups but you're able to contribute and obviously Amelia loves having you as room mom I have yet to be room mom in any (laughs) in any rooms yet Um, I think I think I'm expelling all my effort on Amelia by the time I get to Gwendolyn I'm gonna opt out That's well, some, sometimes the third child, again, there are, that's another conversation, but there's benefits and downsides to being the third. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about childcare. Cause you've obviously gone from where you needed childcare during the toddler and preschool years to now having Amelia in school full time. Um, you kind of mentioned offline that you think daycare sometimes has a bad connotation and actually one of the other working moms I talked to said the same thing. So do you want to talk a little bit about your daycare experience or how childcare evolved for you over the years? Yep, absolutely. So I remember thinking, you know, when I decided with Amelia what we were doing, I would have killed to have a grandparent watch her. Mm -hmm. You know, I worked, you know, two to three days a week and I, that would have been my preferred route is to get a grandparent. Tim's mom watched her one day a week and then we put her in daycare two days a week. It was an in-home daycare, um, that we found. And, you know, I found over time, um, And then I watch also my niece and nephew go to my mom, you know, a couple days a week um, who doesn't live near us. And so I I found over time that I preferred the in-home daycare because uh, I watched my kids uh, really enjoy playing with other kids. The environment was so structured around their schedule. So they're not being, you know, run to Target and having this appointment, that appointment. I mean, they're doing craft activities and they're doing things that are really um, meant for their day. I also noticed that with Amelia I was in daycare two days a week and my other kids are in daycare five days a week. And honestly, the five days a week is so much easier. Amelia could never adjust to where she was going, you know, yes. one day here, two days there. It was, and then a couple days home, it was just constant transition and didn't know what the yes. day expected. Whereas now on Saturday, my son will be like, no, I want to go to Nikki's house. It's used to doing that every day. It's just yeah. the pattern. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's and, so true. Yep. So I just think that the overall, I just remember I was reading a book when Amelia was little and it was that French parenting book that bringing up baby. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about how different a connotation daycare has in Europe and how, you know, even stay at home parents take their kids there and they teach them to be these mini little civilized adults and watching my kids go at daycare and have these shared meals and things like that. And thinking, wow, this is, um, uh, this is not so bad. And maybe right. I just need to change what I say to myself, yes. change my own dialogue about daycare and that I'm okay with it. And I'm yeah. okay with still feeling like their mom, even though they're there 40 hours a week. Oh, so. that's so, amen. That's so, I mean, yeah. I think that's so important to hear. And I think anybody who's, we, I've had some daycare experience. I had one part-time nanny experience. Um, but it always seems a little more, um, a little scarier before you're in it. And I think now there are there are some some childcare situations that turn out not to be ideal. But I think so often it's better than we think it's going to be. Um, and I'm so glad to hear that yours was. Um, yeah. Well, w- knowing you a little bit personally, and you know through social media and stuff, I know that you really do quite a bit outside of work and outside of kids and that like that begs the question when does that happen so um can you talk about running half marathons half marathons right I should have done I do I do I do I do marathons you do and and full marathons and then I do triathlons yeah yeah so so how I mean 
A, that's awesome. But B, again, the kind of like the cliche conversation is, well, if it's not work or kids, where do you fit it in? And while that is a cliche, maybe it's also a valid question. So how have you figured out why that's important for you and how to fit it in? Yep. So, um, so for me, it sort of gets back to, well, I started doing it and becoming really avid with it. Um, the year after I had Quinn was probably a particularly hard year of my life for me. Both of my parents got very sick, like life-threatening illnesses, and I lost both my grandmas. And so yeah. I just started running as more of like a meditative, I'd always run some, but that's where I started getting well, almost religious about it and, and knowing that I needed that time. Um, and so I, I moved everything else around in my life because I needed that to help me be able to sleep better, to help me be able to cope better, to help me be able to do all of those things. And so um, I get up exceptionally early. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. How I early? Up, How early? I usually get up at 4.30. Wow. So what time do you and go to bed since we're... I go to bed by 8.30. Okay. So I'm asleep by 8.30. I mean, I'm not yeah. just in bed. I'm Because I really need eight hours of sleep. Yeah. That, that is... That is very important to me. So I put my kids to bed at 7.30. Amelia will read in bed for till 8. At 7.30, Tim and I will hang out for a half hour. I'll get in bed at 8, and I usually make it about 20 minutes into a show before I fall asleep. And so I've kind of given up those other things. Like I remember Amelia saying to me, Mommy doesn't like TV. Mommy doesn't watch TV. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Mommy loves TV. Mommy would watch TV. <laughs> I could binge watch a show all weekend if I could. I feel like there uh, were some 90210 and Dawson's Creek marathons in our <laughs> shared <laughs> past. Exactly. Um, but, you know, I just have had to, like, give up everything else. For me, it's work. It's kids and home life and then you know it's working out and I've combined a lot of my friend time with exercise so I've made a lot of friends who will meet me at five o'clock in the morning for a run um I said instead of like going out for dinner or meeting you know at a bar for drinks like we meet each other for a three-hour run on a Sunday morning at five or six and you know I do all of my working out for the most part when my kids are asleep just Uh because I also don't want to feel like I'm missing that time with them um, Sunday mornings, I usually do a run or a bike and that will go into a couple hours when they're awake, you know, I'll start at six and maybe go to nine or 10. And so I miss, I miss a couple hours, but that's kind of Tim golf Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. And so he's gone for a couple hours, Saturday mornings and I go, I run Sunday mornings. That's just, you know, what we do. So. Yeah. And it's what a good example for your kids to see, obviously that that's not only taking care of your health, but something that's fun for you and social for you. So I think I, I'm so impressed. And didn't you finally discover podcasts because you were running? Yeah. Well, because of this podcast <laughs> and I, um, you know, I find myself in my basement at five o'clock in the morning when it's dark out and I was just like, I needed something to sort of ease into my day. And so, um, actually when I, I ride my bike in my basement and so I'd grab a cup of coffee, put on the podcast and I sort of binge listening to this one. I love uh, it. I and love it. now I've been finding a few of the other ones, you guys, especially those interviews you did, uh-huh. uh, yeah. I, I've then started listening to some of those, and so, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, maybe before we wrap up, because of the three moms I'm talking to in this episode, you're kind of the, the farthest ahead, and you still obviously, we still, we, since we both have eight-year-olds, have a long way to go, but do you have any um, kind of thoughts looking back on what you wish you would have known or some, some take-it-easy advice on mom, working moms who are earlier in the journey? Yes, absolutely. I remember, um, and I always try to like find those moms that I work with and do this to kind of remind, remind them of this. 
I remember when I first went back to work, I would come home and I wouldn't want to take Amelia on a walk because I felt like she was facing away to me, away from me, and I needed oh. her to see, like, you know, I've been away from her all day, and she needed to see that she was part of me and part of that life. And I remember a few years in thinking, like, I really, like, feel like I'm the one who's raising her. Even though I'm gone from her a lot, I feel so connected, and we have so much time together, and, um, you know, their world revolves around me, and my world revolves around them, and they know that. And I remember just feeling, like, you know, when they're so little, you feel like you go from being at home on maternity leave where you can't imagine being away for 30 minutes then you have mm-hmm. to leave for nine hours you know mm-hmm. and I you know and then but looking back the overall scope I have is how much time I get to spend with them and how much you know quality time that we do and build into our days and you know that's something I wish I had had that perspective of when I was afraid to like take her on a 10 minute walk around the block because was that not time together you know yeah and, yeah uh, so, um, well, yeah. I'm glad that you have that chance too to reach. I'm sure you're a huge encouragement to other working moms that you come across too. Um, well, this has been so great. I'm really appreciative of hearing all that you have to say. And um, normally when we interview someone, we kind of tell listeners where to find them online, like a blog or a podcast. And I don't want to use the phrase, you're just a normal working mom, (laughs) but you are not, you do not have a public (laughs) online persona. But if, if listeners want to reach out to you, I'm going to have them send me an email at hello at the momhour.com. And I will forward it on to Angie. So if you just want to ask a question or, you know, anything to follow up with this interview, you can send me an email at hello at the momhour.com and Angie will get it. Um, and yeah, just thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and, um, that's all we got for today. Oh, thank you so much. It was very fun to do. Thanks, Anne. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining me for this special bonus interview episode of the mom hour you know when we set out to do this show i wanted to make sure everybody understood that we know that no one working mom represents all working moms no one stay at home mom or work from home mom represents everybody else in that camp and obviously there are a million different ways to work at home with your kids outside the home for another company, for yourself, and uh, Megan and I just really want to be inclusive of all moms on this show. At the same time, there are some challenges and some very specific um, day-to-day things that come up for working moms, and that was kind of our goal with this show, to showcase those um, by moms who are doing it every day, who have some tips and insight for you, and also are just willing to share what their life looks like. So we picked three moms from different places in the country with kids different ages and very different jobs, and it was such a privilege for me to talk with them, um, and I hope you guys enjoyed it too. So before we wrap up, I just want to remind you that you can find everything we discussed in the interviews with Elizabeth and Kelsey and Angie at our website, which is themomhour.com. When you're there, you can leave us a comment right there on the show notes for this episode. We'll call it bonus interview episode number two. And leave us a comment saying hi to these three working moms or letting us know how you liked the show so we can continue the conversation. And Megan and I will be back next week with another regular episode. Thanks, everybody. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. 
Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits in self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening and left the mom hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple podcasts, just navigate to the mom hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole, and then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.